Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, I'm going to guess that you, the listener, have probably seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And if you haven't, don't worry, no spoilers here today. But for those who have, you probably remember that in the movie, there's a classic scene where Indiana and his father board a Zeppelin that's flying out of Germany as they try to escape the Nazis. But did you know that America had actually hoped for something similar, but never quite got there for some all too real reasons that we're going to talk about in today's podcast? So Jen, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about the airship disaster, Roma. Okay. So the Roma was an airship that America purchased from Italy. It was built in Italy, and it took a maiden voyage. I think um, the American ambassador took that maiden voyage to kind of test it out before it was purchased. Now, now airship is basically kind of like a Zeppelin, just a little different. We talked about this in the video. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we, can, we can talk about that after I give a little... Okay, um, yeah, so, so the airship synopsis. Roma... So the airship Roma, it was purchased by America from Italy. It's why it's named Roma, because it was built in Rome. Sure. And the American ambassador took the maiden voyage trip with it from Rome to Naples, back to Rome, and everything seemed great. Good old, you know, testing was done, and they said, yeah, we'll buy it. And they spent a good amount on it. I think, what did we talk about in the... I think by today's standards, it'd be like $2 million. Yes. Like it was, it Whatever, was a, inflation, it was a, stuff like that. It was a hefty sum. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but what happened was instead of flying it, so they had purchased this airship and we'll talk about the different types for transatlantic travel. So right. back and forth across the Atlantic. And at the time. Yes. It was the largest that the Americans had ever owned. It was the largest and it could be good for that type of travel yep. it goes like a, a mile a minute and sure. it could do something like that relatively safe fly up above the weather you'd be relatively safe yeah but instead of flying it to america after purchasing they pack it up they take it apart they pack it up and then when it finally gets to america and they unpack it because it's taken across on a ship so yep. of course not quickly the skin has mildewed and deteriorated and the engines never quite run right so they actually replace the engines and they don't even have it for very long so it's purchased in november of 1921 it actually crashes in february of 1922 oh my gosh so like a matter of four months it's in operation and even in those four months they had to replace the engines things were just going wrong with it and it it was actually like a pretty decent deal like when i made this video i actually found old video clips Mm -hmm. of the roma you know so so it was a big deal back then to get this over here this was a big deal in aviation because we have both been to bases where you see dirigible hangars and for militaries to build these huge dirigible hangars no you know that they put a lot of effort and money into this program yeah and that's why i think they try so hard to get it to survive but it just it's disaster after disaster so in the roma's case it was filled with hydrogen yeah just like the hindenburg 
but uh, and then well, I'll talk about the the disaster that happens. But the major change that happens with the Roma is that's when America changes its air from hydrogen to helium. And you said that's largely because hydrogen's obviously flammable. Hydrogen's flammable, but the big reason why they use it is because it's it's cheap, cheap, and you can find it pretty easily. Where helium is expensive and rare, and I know we probably like and that's not rare. You can go get balloons filled up, but it's it's compared to hydrogen, right? It's rare, and so it would just be easier to use it. And I guess people just figured, oh, it won't light because we won't keep any flames by it or anything hot by it. But in every instance, it it usually it's coming down to the ground and ignites. That's what happens in the Hindenburg as well. So that's what happens in the Roma. Yeah, it, it was interesting, right? You talk about you know, us being in the military and we've seen dirigible hangers Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm seeing these videos as I'm making, you know, I'm seeing old videos uh, as I'm making the video for us for, for YouTube. And, you know, I mean, America had really invested and really said like aviation is important. This is the next step and we're going to do a lot towards it. And a fun thing, a fun little aside about, I always think about this when I think of Zeppelin or dirigible hangers, Mm -hmm is if anybody's ever seen Mythbusters, yes. the Mythbusters out in California in the San Francisco area, they used to use the, the dirigible hangers at Moffett Field yes, all, the, all yeah. the time mm-hmm. they, because it was a giant empty space yes. where there was no wind. You could control I think they the actually, I think one of the things they tried to do in one of the, the hangers we saw was the lead balloon. Mm-hmm. They, one of the episodes they tried to do for Mythbusters is they tried to get like the thinnest lead kind of material they could to try and float an actual lead balloon. Yes. I don't remember what the outcome was. I don't remember either. But, but they, they used them often. Because yeah. they did a couple different experiments and, in it. And that just and, and just thinking about that now as we talk about it, like we were all in on a- aviation. Yes. I mean they're gigantic hangers. When you think of a hangar today and you're like, oh a hangar's big, but when you see a dirigible hangar, you know for one aircraft. You see a dirigible hangar. Yeah. You know there's no questioning that's a dirigible hanger. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm a naval aviator. And if you know anything about wings, naval aviator wings, the dirigible wings are just one side of the wing. Oh, I don't think I knew that. So it's, we always would make fun because yeah. we, we never knew anyone who went the dirigible route. I think that was very early 40s and sure. 50s, when this, maybe even 30s, because yeah. by 38, the program was pretty much squashed. Yeah. So th- when they came out with that wing, but to come out with its own specific wing. That's cool. Let's you know how much military was invested in that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just it was just kind of an interesting one. The more I kind of dug into it, the more I realized like this was this had a ton of national attention. It did. And honestly, so we talk about von Zeppelin who developed the idea in 1900. It it's a very plausible idea, right? You get high enough, you can drop bombs right from a high enough distance and you would be relatively and this safe. and this is so von zeppelin was like the german chancellor or somebody or other that came idea. with the idea of like dropping bombs from a zeppelin from a zeppelin for, for war mm-hmm. get high enough and you can drop bombs and there really isn't anything at the time on the ground that someone could do to stop you right right there wasn't anything they could fire from the ground at that time. what what was the remind me when like some of the earliest dirigibles and airships were well, that's that's when they were. I'd say from 1900 to 1938. Okay, when the so, Hindenburg so like, like the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, that's I, when I thought it was. I thought it wasn't even until the 20s. No, so it like, was longer than that. It's all over again. There's prototypes. 
sure. and things like that. Yeah. We would talk about the different types of dirigibles. So, yes. and I and I had I had fun with that. Yes, right. Yeah. In the video, so if, if you, you video. if you see the video, you'll you'll understand what we're talking we about. A lot of fun with that. But there's there's three different there's three basic types. Ba- basic types, and it, it all comes down to frame. Right. So a rigid Zeppelin yep. dirigible has a rigid frame. And that's is that what the Hindenburg was? Exactly. Exactly. So when you see the Hindenburg crash and you see the skin basically flame out yep. and you see the, the, frame. the frame on fire and then it falls and then it collapses. You see the frame, you see the square of the frame. That is a Zeppelin. It's a full framed airship, which yeah. means the skin is lying on that frame and then the air is filling up inside. Yeah. And we have that clip in our, yes. in our video. So the frame holds the shape. Yeah. Now, semi-rigid is what the Roma was. And that means the keel or just the bottom is rigid, so hard. And okay. then you can attach like the where people stay and yep. things like that, the coach or whatever. Like in Indiana Jones. Yeah. You could attach that to the to the rigid bottom. But the top and the shape is basically different kind of balloons or bladders inside the skin. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like uniform and smooth. Yes. Right. But it makes it look smooth. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't say the skin is where the air is against. You have different bladders inside there that are holding the air. Uh, Okay. Okay. So it gives it more stability and strength, but there's nothing rigid. Right. And so then a blimp, like the Goodwill blimp is all just a bladder. But again, different bladders inside. Minus like the control bottom part. Yes, which is nothing is, it's just attached again to the skin. But again, you're keeping different bladders inside of it to again, give it more stability. So it's not just the skin, helium in the skin. Right. And that's it. You poke a hole and yeah. that's it. No. Yeah. It, yeah, it starts leaking out. Yeah. You just get like a little balloon. <laughs> yeah, no. So, swirling around to the ground. They keep different like balloons inside of it okay. to give it more stability. I don't think I ever actually knew that. I, I think in my brain, I just thought like it's one giant balloon. <laughs> no. I, I never honestly really thought about it that much. No, I think you can control filling it up and things like that. And you probably can control leaks yep. in that regard as well. So it makes more sense. But those are the three different types of airships so when like we talk about randy in uh christmas story yeah who gets the zeppelin he's yes. all excited wow, yeah <laughs> so the, yeah it's a, it's the rigid and that exactly what the hindenburg is and i think the hint when you if you ever see that crashing video it does a really good job of showing yeah. you what the frame it, i mean one it's in it's in our video if you, if you go and look it up if you're listening you can look watch it in our video or you can just google you know the hindenburg crash and people have actually like colorized the video and they've they've made it hd and this that and the other and as much as you can for a video from from 1937 yes um which is pretty amazing yeah like you see people running away and looking yeah it's pretty amazing so it was meant to the roma was meant to hold 100 people oh that's a lot so just like in indiana jones sure. right it's supposed to be transatlantic flight so somewhat comfortable mm-hmm. flying right and now i think if i remember right in indiana jones they had like to deten- like airplanes that dropped out of the bottom did they ever actually have something like that so i think the macon the USS Macon, which I think was the biggest. Which someone actually corrected us. Yes. It's the biggest airship that was ever owned by the United States. Right. Was made to be an aircraft carrier. Okay. That was its purpose. So just like in the movie, Nina mm-hmm. Jones, if it, again, if this, anybody's watched it, right, think about that scene where they're trying to escape. Right? They were escaping out of Germany in the Zeppelin, and then all of a sudden they realized they were caught. So they go down to wherever the hangar bay is. Yes. We'll call it that. And they... 
drop into an airplane and, and escape by dropping out of an airplane out of a Zeppelin. Yes. But they make an, like most airships in America, met its demise off the coast of San Francisco. Yeah. That also, but it didn't have as many casualties. I think it only had two casualties. I think at the time because they had just issued life jackets to everybody and it was relatively warm and it crashed. It was relatively controlled crash. Yeah, that was, I think there was, there was two corrections mm-hmm. that we had to make. So the Macon was the largest. The largest. And the largest disaster was, was the Akron. That's right. And that happened in, in New Jersey, yeah. just like the Hindenburg. Yeah. And I think that was in the upper up, upper numbers of the 60s that people had died. Yeah. Another military. I think it was, it might have even been like in the 70s or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, 70 something people. Because on the Roma, you have 34 casualties. Nine people will survive, yeah. but 34 people will die. But this was the first. So this is 1922. Uh, the Akron, I think, will be in the 1930s. I also think the 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 Macon is in the 1930s. Yeah, so this so, is like so, the first. Yeah. Well, and at the time, again, this was the largest one. We had just brought it over from yes. you know overseas, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. We're trying to push the envelope with aviation and all that stuff. And here it is, like four months, and they're making video of it. Right, so this is video that's 15 years before the Hindenburg. Tons of video, and they're showing. They're showing. So basically, what fails on the Roma is that rudder box, yeah. and they're they're showing close close up footage. Of yeah, it. it's pretty. I was actually pretty surprised that I got. I was able to find on YouTube such clear video. So you can see this box. It looks basically like a like like you would imagine, just a rudimentary box. But this is how you're controlling the airship, and that fails. It basically goes sideways. Yep, and it just takes a nosedive. And just takes a nosedive. And people are just watching this, and it happens right at the Norfolk base, which is now the Norfolk International Terminal, where all the shipping comes in and out of. And it it hits telephone lines before it hits the ground. It's those telephone lines that ignite the hydrogen. And then it takes like five hours to put the fire out. So, and there are different fire stations that respond. And the marker that we go to in the video is at one of those fire stations. Yeah. So that's why the marker is there. It's not. Yeah. I, it's, and it's funny that we like, I drive by it literally every day on my way to work and I had, I had never known it was there. So this is one of those kind of cool circumstances where there's history lit, you know, just right practically in our backyard that I'm driving by every single day on the way to work and you tell me where it is and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a Starbucks like mm-hmm. 20 feet from there. And then there's the fire station. Um, and then, you know, a quarter mile around the corner is is my base. So yes. so it was purchased for 184000 So today it would be $2.7 million. Yeah. So a good chunk of change. Yeah. Not, and so we talked about 34 people were killed, eight were injured, three escaped. I thought a neat point that you brought up was like even today – when construction crews are like digging or they're building a house, st- they still find pieces from the Roma? They like do. Like screws or bolts or, you know, was, some sort of metal a, piece. I mean, if you think of this huge airship crashing. It was 400 and something feet long. Yeah, 410 feet long, 82 feet wide, 92 feet high. Yeah. Like, it's pretty big. Yeah. And Langley still has a road named Roma Road after the Roma. Yeah, so think 400 feet, that's that's a football field and more. Mm-hmm. And then some, right? So think think of an entire football stadium essentially being filled up with an airship. Yeah. 
or with hydrogen. Yeah. A flammable yeah, fl- air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And back then they were probably smoking, right? They were probably sitting there smoking down below like, oh, this is just fine. I mean, everybody did, right? <laughs> they didn't even think about it. It's a safety hazard. Yeah. Um, but the, the realm is largely forgotten now because the Hindenburg, when people think of airships, they think of the Hindenburg. And after that Hindenburg crashes, I mean, people just lose their confidence. Well, because it's, it's so clearly caught on camera. I yes. think that's really what it is, mm-hmm. right? And we see that throughout history, right? Whether it's Vietnam in the 70s yes. and stuff like that. So this was such a clear shot, right? yes. even by today's standards. I mean, it was like center frame. It goes corner down. So you're seeing the whole thing and it's just up in flames and you just see the skin just disappear in flame. And, and then it just like the, this metal frame just melts. And I think it's it's at night. Yes. So it makes it like even more. Yeah. It's just way over the top. So talk about, especially back then. Yes. Like Sensational. Holy, holy cow. And I, you know, so doing this video made me think of where I've heard these words for like Led Zeppelin. Right. So I like I love Led Zeppelin. So where did they come up with that name? Like, is that an unflyable airship? Yeah. yeah. And then I thought of Red Hot Chili Peppers come and fly my Zephyr. Mm-hmm. And that is, is also like a Zeppelin. Yeah. So if we think of airships as something fun and exciting. Yeah. You know, we think about them now they get around the world in 80 days or something. They yeah. have those types yeah, we, of airships. We like to romanticize. Mm-hmm. We like to romanticize. But like at the time, it's interesting that America had this, the Roma disaster, which was pretty big news. And so we switched from hydrogen to helium. Yeah. And, but the Germans, I mean, the, the Zeppelin, the, uh, the Hindenburg was German, mm-hmm. right? So they had obviously, and that was in 1937. So this was 15 fif- years, 15 years later. They, they didn't were, change. They were sticking, they were sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sure they probably changed their mind you know, after that one. This was just kind of such an interesting one. It's it's super, super niche. And so I don't know how well this particular video, to be perfectly honest, will ever really do. It's not going to be a high view video, but it's super interesting. It's super interesting. And it's a part of aviation that gets explored and it's cool. Like I said, you'll know when you see a dirigible hangar. And I don't think this was a question on Trevor Pursuit that you and I both got because we had just been to the Empire State Building. But the Empire State Building is a mast for dirigibles. Yes. They built it for that. And they actually, I think... Because they can tether off of it. Yes. I think they actually did it one time. Yeah. You know, probably in the 20s when people... Still flew him. Yeah, that guy probably got his wings. Yeah. Right? He was qual- he was running, doing his quals, right? Yep. He's like, okay, we're going to tether to the top of the Empire State Building. Yes, but that's what that is. It's a mass for dirigibles. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Well, again, this this was a super fun one, and this was a short video, and I think this will be a shorter episode for us today. But as you mentioned in the video, aviation has the saying that their manuals are written in blood, and that's because of the experience and the crashes from the past, like with the Broma. And the airship Roma crash was one of the earliest examples of that. But don't forget that we can look back on these earliest of aviators and know that they were doing things that no one had ever done, which is not something that everyone can say. So again, thank you for listening to Talk With History Podcast, and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend, shoot him a text and tell him to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time.